This is Power Lunch, exclusively on Lightning Power Play via the iHeartRadio app. You knew if we got through this series, whether it was Florida or Tampa, for me, it was going to be the next best team in the league. I mean, they're either one, pick them. Stanley Cup champs, or I thought Florida had played great all year, so we're getting the Stanley Cup champs. We know we're up against. We're going to have to be as good as we can to have a chance against these guys, especially now when they got their kind of full group back, and it's a great challenge for us. We'll, we'll give it all we got. Heck yeah. You know what? I'd want to play for that guy, Rod Brindamore. Mm-hmm. I've heard him talk, Dave, and look, I'm not a player, obviously, but listening to him talk, guy who played, and would yeah. you say... Heart and you, soul guy. Would you say Brindamore... Borderline Hall of Famer? That's a hard one for me to answer. Oh, I know. He I was know. like. That's um, why I ask you. Well, John Cooper called Barkley Goodrow a glue guy. Rod Brindamore's resume was, was glue guy more than, really more than Barkley Goodrow's. And like Brindamore yeah. was more of a point producer, but Brindamore was a glue guy. Yes. In addition to being a really talented player, great on faceoffs, too. I really Great on faceoffs. I really disliked him when he was at the Flyers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know what? It's because... That was the Keith Primo trade, right? Am I remembering that right? I think you're right. He was just... I mean, Dave, he had 452 goals. He has well, 1,182 like points. He had the stats to back it up. Well, I'm looking at but it now he because... he played like a heart and soul type player. Oh, for sure. For sure. And... You know, some guys, they play a long time, and you accumulate stats. Like, he played 20 years in the league. Yeah, won He did, and I, I don't if know. that matters to get into the Hall that, of Fame. Well, you, know, you and I know that does matter. Yeah. If a guy's Like, I don't line, know where Brindamore is in these, like, all-time lists. Selkie Award winner. Well, he did win the Selkie, right? Twice. But usually to get in the Hall of Fame, it's like, oh, he ranks here on the all-time points list or whatever. And those numbers are pretty impressive. But it's not like that's a name that that you hear no. floated around like, oh, well, will this be the year for Brindamore? Like we hear about certain players, like we heard about Dave Androchuk all those years. Well, you're absolutely right. And the, the reality is he's – and I'm getting this from Hockey Reference – He's the 51st leading scorer in NHL history. Like, the guys in front of him, most of them are in the Hall of Fame. Well, that's an argument for it. Yeah. Maybe that should be a Zoom question for him (laughs) before game one. Rod, listen. Rod, forget about about the series. Do you think you deserve to be in the Hall of Fame? (laughs) And he'd probably give you Maybe he'll be like, you know what? I didn't deserve it as a player, but I'm going to aim to go in as a coach. Yeah. Maybe he's going to say he's that. He's been a heck of a coach. Even though I, he probably does deserve to be in as a player after you just read me that stat. He's been pretty consistent. I've heard him talk about this when Carolina has taken on Tampa Bay in the regular season, how he thinks they're the best team in the league. Now, some of that could be yeah. window dressing, but I, I think he's a pretty honest guy. I think he understands what they're up against. And if you're just joining us right now, Tampa Bay will take on Carolina in the second round. All indications, Dave... Uh, are pointing to Sunday. We don't know the time yet. NHL Network came out. Yeah, they came out last night and said Sunday. So obviously they got word that's going to happen, and we just don't have a time. We'll keep you up to date on when that's going to happen. But I think... Right. I I I mean, the first round is going to be over 
I guess Toronto and Montreal could go to win. They're going to play Friday, Sunday. But, I mean, it's close enough that the league is like, we're starting the second round. Yeah, for sure. Boston Islanders are starting Saturday at the same time that, no, there won't be a Game 7 on Saturday. The Vegas Minnesota game seven is tonight. Toronto Montreal the only would other to series. Toronto Montreal would play game seven. Right, Monday, so they right. could have a game seven Monday. They when is game six in that series? Saturday, Saturday night. Saturday night. Same time as Boston Islanders, like a half an hour earlier. All yeah. right, so there is there is your example, Exhibit A, that the league is not waiting until all of the first round series finish before starting the second round. They probably caught a little bit of a break, not that they wanted Edmonton to lose, but the fact that the Winnipeg series ended so quickly, like had Toronto been able to finish last night and complete that comeback and win in overtime, then we probably would be looking at the second round series all starting. The Lightning finished Wednesday, Carolina finished Thursday. Like Sunday makes sense. I will say this about Carolina as it relates to the Lightning facing Carolina coming off this series the Lightning just had against Florida. There are some similarities here. Now, Carolina and Florida are not identical. There are differences between the teams. But unlike some of the series the Lightning had in the bubble last year, something that we have talked about through this first-round series the Lightning had against Florida, the Lightning are not seeing a lock it down, hunker down, no room for the opposition structured team. They are seeing a team like Florida that is going to push the pace. There are probably, while it's not like a carbon copy, Florida to Carolina, and this is a discussion we've had during the regular season, comparing Florida and Carolina, there are more similarities between Florida and Carolina than there are between Florida, Carolina, and the teams the Lightning saw in the playoffs last year. Meaning that correct, the Lightning are going to be seeing another team that A, pushes the pace, B, likes to get pucks to the net, and C, is pretty effective at forcing the other goalie to make tough saves. Now, I don't know if it helps the Lightning that they just got through a series like that. <laughs> But they certainly got some experience playing a team like that over the last six. And they're coming off their best overall performance and best defensive performance in the series. But they're going to have to do it again against Carolina. Carolina brings a ton of pressure. And they play at an incredibly fast pace. But it's not identical. And, you know, something we talked about Earlier in the week, Greg, like Carolina finished that series, they they were shorthanded 26 times against Nashville. They allowed three power play goals. I don't know if the Hurricanes can get away with taking, if it's going to go six games, 26 penalties leading to penalty kills against this lightning power play and try and get through that, allowing only three power play goals. That, to me, is going to be something really interesting to watch, as well as the Carolina power play, which was the number two power play during the regular season. But the Lightning are coming off a series. Like, I don't know if the Carolina power play can look as dangerous as that Florida power play did with the five forwards out there. Like, that was extremely difficult for the Lightning penalty killers to deal with. (laughs) 
so know, those are just a couple of my initial thoughts. It's a good point. As we, as we get ready for the series. It's a good point. I, I, As you know, Dave, I have said I think Carolina makes me the most uncomfortable when we talked about Tampa Bay and who they were going to face in these playoffs eventually, and I stand by that. When, when I compare them to Florida, I feel like at the forward position in particular, Florida has more high-end skill, more star players. I don't think Carolina has a Barkoff. I'm not sure Carolina even has a Huberto. Yeah, he was really impressive in the series. He was. What I do think Carolina has better quality forwards scattered throughout the lineup, and that's not to take anything away from Florida because we just got done seeing what Bennett can do, Vetrano can do. They had Declare on the fourth line, and Declare is a guy who can be very serviceable. That's not to minimize them, but I look at Carolina, and Sebastian Ajo is a really good player, maybe the closest thing they have to a quote-unquote star, but I don't know if I'd label him that. Jordan Stahl has been really good for them. He's going to yep. be somebody to keep an eye on because it's 6'4", 6'5". He's physical. He's got the playoff pedigree. Face-offs. And he wins face-offs. Yeah. And that's something we're going to keep an eye on. Natchez, we've seen him before, Dave. He's, he's a guy really, that can play. He's really evolved into a top player. And Savechnikov. Both of those guys, I think, have skill sets that, are, that can be problematic for any opposing defense. And I will say this, in addition to... You know, Trocek and Teravainen's back. I think also, too, this is the series. I, I want to get to the goaltending in just a minute. Dougie Hamilton finally made an impact, at least scoring a goal in the last game. Ekblad being out for Florida, I, I think we would agree that that hurt their team. Yandel wasn't the same player, and clearly he was a guy that was not in the lineup. I like Carolina's back end. And I actually think they can produce some offense from there, specifically Dougie Hamilton. When you talk about Victor Hedman and what he means to Tampa Bay's back end, I think from an offensive standpoint, even Sergachev to a lesser extent, getting the puck up quickly, having that big bomb from the top that can get to some rebounds for your forwards, or like we saw yesterday, score a goal. I think that's something the Lightning are going to have to be aware of. They know that, Dave. They've played this team a number of times. I'm not saying anything that, that, that you don't know, that the team doesn't know, but it's something to keep an eye on. Carolina's back end. Like I think Dougie Hamilton is elite offensively, and I think that's something to keep an eye on as this series progresses, just like they're going to have to keep an eye on Victor Hedman, Sergachev, guys from there. So... To me, some initial thoughts, Dave, when it comes to their forward group. I think overall it's better than Florida's. I think Florida had more high-end skill. I think Carolina's back end certainly is a bit more dangerous, particularly with Dougie Hamilton. But I want to be fair. When we always talk about the Tampa Bay Lightning and the opponent they're going to be taking on in a series, you do have to look at the goaltending. And I'm not sure we thought Nadelkovich was going to be that guy who was their starter in the playoffs. I remember having Alec Campbell on from the the Canes radio network, and we thought it wouldn't be him, that they weren't sure that really Nadelkovich at the time, Dave, was maybe a guy that they looked at as probably better 
he's better than most goaltenders or all goaltenders at the AHL level, but maybe they didn't feel was the guy at the NHL level. And some of that was because of his age and how long he was playing in the minors. But also, too, you know, the, the Canes weren't exactly setting the world on fire when it came to the goaltenders they were putting out there over the last four or five years. But all of a sudden, I think you can make the strong case that Nadelkovich, to his credit, played his way into this starting role. And his numbers during the regular season were phenomenal. He started 23 games. I don't know if that's a big enough test to look at and say, man, this guy is the real deal. But then again, we just came off a series where Spencer Knight had less experience and we were pretty impressed with what he was able to do in just two games. But I still think there is a big-time advantage in net for the Lightning when it comes to how this series could play out. It doesn't mean Nadelkovich can't steal a few games. It doesn't mean he might be horrible. Time will tell. But I think looking at this matchup, if you thought Tampa Bay had the advantage in net against Florida, even though they had a couple of guys who were established, and specifically Bobrovsky, I've got to think you feel Tampa Bay has the advantage in this series, even though Nadelkovich has done some really good things, not only in the regular season, Dave, but also in the playoffs, to his credit. I guess I look at it this way. This is going to be a battle for possession, similar to the Florida series. The team that possessed the puck more, certainly in the first four games, I think that dynamic changed a little bit in the last two, as we talked about, because because the teams defended better. I think both teams defended better in games five and six than they did in the first four, with the notable exception of the Lightning in game two, where they had a pretty good defensive performance. But if we are going to have a similar type of series with two high-octane offenses, then it almost becomes like a two-part battle. Which team is going to have the puck more? Because when they have the puck, they can really be dangerous. And then the second part of that is which goalie is going to be able to stop more of the scoring chances. And we know the answer to that part of the question in the Florida series. It was Vasilevsky, as we have talked about quite a bit. <laughs> and as you wrote about it's, Well, yeah, I think that that article is getting posted at some point today. But yeah, I made the point that kind of the takeaway from the Florida series on Vasilevsky, it's not about the goals he allowed. It's about the scoring chances that he stopped, the number of scoring chances that he stopped. And he was able to stop not only more scoring chances than the Florida goalies, particularly in the first four games, I would say, as Lightning went out 3-1 to one in the series, but enough to overturn a possession disadvantage because the Lightning did not have a possession advantage in the first four games. And as a result, they were they were significantly outshot and outchanced. But at the end of the day, the goal production flipped because the Lightning were far more efficient at converting on their scoring chances than Florida was. So what's going to happen in the Carolina series? Well, obviously, the Lightning do not want to be at a disadvantage. They may be at a disadvantage in terms of shots no matter what just because Carolina plays that sort of game where if they have a chance to get a puck to the net, they will. But even kind of baking that into the cake, if the Lightning can level possession and both teams are generating chances and the chance number is kind of level, 
Then the question is, will Nedeljkovic be able to take away as many scoring chances as Vasilevsky? And, and that's really where the question about the goaltending is is going but to. But Dave, don't you think come front to be fair? But we don't know if the series is going to unfold. Well, I, on that. I, Maybe both teams will defend sure. a little bit better. But don't you, you know? think? I, I, see, I think it's okay to admit this, and not saying you aren't. I, I just you're right. Some of this. Look, Carolina could control all the play, really stun the Lightning, and no matter how good Vassy plays in net, they just kind of overpower the Lightning with possession and That's shots. their formula. And that is their That's formula. That's what Carolina does. The thing <laughs> about it, though, is for the most part, we haven't seen Vassy break under that type of style of play. Sure, there are some games where maybe he gave up four or maybe he gave up three. But again, I go back to... Do you think you can beat Vasilevsky in a four-game series or a seven-game series, which means you've got to beat him four times? That's a really tall order. And I'll take my chances with the Lightning trying to break Nedeljkovic than the Canes trying to break Vasi. Doesn't mean it won't happen. Doesn't mean it can't happen. We're going to find out starting on Sunday. But I think, again, I, I want to be fair when we take a look at these matchups and when I have told people that Carolina makes me the most uncomfortable for the reasons you just gave, that is why they will make Tampa Bay defend in their own end. Sometimes the lightning can get lost there as we have seen, but they also have an elite goaltender. I think the lightning can do the same thing to Carolina, by the way. Yes. The difference is I am not as confident that Nadalkovich over a seven-game series will be able to deal with that pressure consistently like Vassy, I think, will. Now, some of that is just, it's an opinion. It's a guess. But it's based off of evidence I have seen, not only this year, but over the last couple. I'm going to take the experienced guy every single day of the week over the guy who's relatively inexperienced in these situations. I mean, it's fair to point out Spencer Knight was relatively inexperienced, and while he did play well, you know, you could have made a case the longer that series went on, maybe Tampa Bay was going to find out where his holes were a little bit more. You know, Nadalkovich has a bit more experience than Knight, certainly not the same pedigree, but a lot of experience, and it was very successful at the AHL level. Call cup. He did, and there's something to be said for that. But I am, I am trying to be as fair as possible I just think the goaltending situation is a bigger deal in this series, and I'm curious to see how it plays out. I'm very, I'm very impressed with how Nadelkovich really took that starting goaltender position, Dave, from a couple of other guys who were more experienced, and maybe Brindamore had no choice. I'm also curious to see, like Quenville, if they run into some problems early on, is he quick to pull him? and go with somebody else. And that would be an interesting storyline as well. A lot, of, a lot of this is hypothetical. Of course I know. Well, we haven't ha had a game yet in the series, so sure. <laughs> everything For is sure. hypothetical. No question. Look, I look at this series and, and think it's going to be a high-octane series. I think both teams are going to be under duress to try and contain the other team's attack. And as you have said numerous times, over the course of the time that we've done the show together, you know, sometimes your best defense can be a good offense. And if you have the puck a lot and you're not committing turnovers, 
then the other team is going to have a hard time generating shots, scoring chances, and even just applying pressure on you. Yeah. So I think that's one of the tug of wars in this series. And when you have the puck, you want to be able to be creative and dangerous and and force the other team into these uncomfortable positions. Both these teams are capable of that. So what is the response from the other team? It's not a fait accompli. Like we're not I'm not saying that this is like dyed in ink and this is the way the series is going to go. What I'm saying is these are the strengths of these two teams. So then the onus is on both teams, essentially, but when you don't have the puck to try and defend as well as you can, which is what we saw from the Lightning, certainly in Game 6. And and they were able to at least keep some of the dangerous looks for the Panthers under control, right? Like some plays that were looking dangerous and the Lightning really battled defensively and there was no chance as a result. That's the sort of stuff that I'm talking about. The other part of this, as we have as we have talked about already, are the special teams. And both these teams have taken a lot of penalties in the playoffs and during the regular season. Now, I don't know that we're going to see the same sort of post-whistle nastiness. We may. I don't know that we're going to. I think because both teams are wary of putting the other side of the power play, although you could make that argument in the in the Lightning Panther series, that was the case also. I don't know if we're going to see a lot of the post-whistle stuff, but I think the onus is going to be on both teams to try and limit the number of times they are putting the other side on the power play. And when the Lightning go on the power play, how will Carolina's penalty kill handle it? Will the Hurricanes be able to, if not at quite the same level they did in the first round, and they're going to hope they can, but if not quite at that level, maybe just under that level, be efficient at killing off penalties. Because if they're going to take what is, you know, yeah, between four and five shorthanded situations a game, right now I know some of those games were like double overtime, right? But still, they took 26 penalties leading to kill situations over six games. That's a little more than four a game. They're going to give the Lightning four power plays a game? I think you're playing with fire there if you're Carolina. And the same is true for the Lightning. Like, they cannot put this Carolina power play on the man advantage numerous times. Remember that regular season game? They were shorthanded, what, six or seven times, and Carolina won the game Yeah, because they scored in the power play. So I think those are, those are some interesting storylines heading into game one. Also, too, the fact that the Canes have played in four consecutive overtime games. What does that mean, if anything, specifically for game one? PNC Arena increased to more than 15,000 for the second round. That should also be fun. The Lightning have also upped the ante a little bit at home. We'll talk about that with Dave Randorf and so much more. He's Dave Michigan. I am Greg Linelli. It's Power Lunch on Lightning Power Play. This is Power Lunch, exclusively on Lightning Power Play on the iHeartRadio app. Well, we love talking hockey with you, our audience. Hit us up on Twitter, at Bolts Radio. I am Greg Linnelli, along with Dave Mishkin. He's the radio voice of the Tampa Bay Lightning, as you know. And let's bring in the TV voice of the Tampa Bay Lightning. That would be our good friend, Dave Randorf, joining us here on the show as Tampa Bay gets set to take on Carolina on Sunday, that's the uh, reports that we are seeing. Don't know have a time yet, but I'm sure that'll be announced pretty soon. And Dave, first off, bud, great to be with you. And hey, picked a heck of a time to be uh, 
the play-by-play -play man for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Pretty good start so far with a, uh, a nice, nice win against the Panthers and now taking on the Hurricanes. And I think most people, Dave, who looked at the division, the Central Division, probably felt like these were the two best teams in that division. I would agree with that. I would wholeheartedly agree with that. Um, even though it looked kind of dicey on whether or not Carolina would get through, um, you know, they did, obviously, with their overtime win last night against Nashville. First of all, great to be with you guys, uh, as always. I get to see you guys uh, often at the uh, the rink. So first time we've chatted since the, the big playoff win. Uh, so thanks for having me on today. Uh, but I would agree. These two teams, uh, it became clear down the stretch, right, that Carolina was going to win the division. Um, and, you know, with the last 10 games, they were really making a good push and playing extremely well. And it, it looked like that, that was going to, in fact, be the, the case. And Lightning wouldn't win the, the Central Division. And it became a question of whether they would finish second or third. And we know how that, that ended up. But still, having said that, uh, I do believe these are the two best teams. And uh, this is the way it should should play out. I think we're in for a very competitive, very fast uh, series coming up here in the second round between the Lightning and the Hurricanes. Dave, circling back to the Lightning Panther series, what were your takeaways from that six game series and how the Lightning were able to win it? Well, before we get into how they uh, they win it, you know, I, I think, you know, this is obviously being my first season here and, and coming in and, and doing the first ever Sunshine State Showdown. I think that series was great for the NHL. It was great for hockey, and it was great for the NHL in Florida. Um, you know, I, I really think it was it was awesome to have both the Lightning and Panthers finally face each other in the Stanley Cup playoffs and also do so at a time when they're both, you know, elite teams. They were both amongst the top teams in the league all season long. And, and uh, you know, the, the series bore itself out that way, even though, Tampa took the first two games on the road. I know Bolts fans started thinking, okay, great, let's sweep these guys. Nobody thought that was going to be a sweep. Nobody thought anybody was sweeping anybody going into that series. So I actually added it in Lightning at six, I don't mind uh, saying. Uh, so it didn't surprise me whatsoever that it went as long as it did, and we could have easily seen a game seven. So first and foremost, I just think my main takeaway is that we are in for a, a very healthy elevated rivalry going forward in the near future because it looks like Florida finally has some real positive traction with a head coach that has changed the culture. They've added some key pieces. Uh, they've obviously got an interesting development of their in between uh, the pipes and net going forward, but it looks like they're going, they're on an upward trend and the Lightning are always good and always competitive. So therefore we're going to see some really uh, some good games going forward. Um, then as for how the season, the series went, I thought, I, I loved the intensity. I, I really think we all kind of had an icky feeling as to how uh, one of the games ended there, you know, with all the pushing, jumping in game five and things going sideways and fines being handed out. That really was when it kind of got out of hand and you heard the, the, uh, the, the head coach's thoughts on that and the inconsistency by the officials that led to that point. Uh, but having said that, I, I loved the, uh, the intensity and the physicality and the speed and, and it was high scoring. From a fan's perspective, you really couldn't have asked for much more. Uh, it was it was entertaining and it was competitive. The Lightning won it ultimately with their championship medal. They, they the, the game. If you look at the games that they won, and I think about Game Four, they bounced back after 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 losing the second period lead in Game Three in that wild comeback win that the uh, the Panthers won, uh, and in overtime, and then they bounced back and really 
really start to show the form that the Lightning had. Then in Game Five, I, I really feel as though the, uh, the the Panthers flushed that. They put that aside. They had an upbeat practice. They knew they had to kill penalties better, and they did. And they and they were they were good in Game Five for sure. But I felt very comfortable that the Lightning would get back to their game. And at the end of the day, they have the best player in the series, and that's the key going forward in this series as well. They've got the goalie that can win games. That can that can make you think as an opponent. Well, we've got to get two or three now against Vasilevsky, and we've got to get three or four wins against Vasilevsky. That in itself is, is a challenge. Carolina can score, but but already they're they're thinking about okay, how do we you know move him around from post to post? I don't know. How do, how do we challenge this guy? How do we get in his in his uh, his sight lines? He is such an X factor. He is so good. He is he's the most he's, he's probably the, one of the most dominant players. Him and Nathan McKinnon right now are are the most concerning players in the Stanley Cup playoffs. In my mind, no doubt. And that is why we've made the case that, especially during the regular season, Dave, that Vasilevsky should be in consideration for MVP votes because of how dominant he is at his position. Let's go right there, Dave. It's pretty apparent the Lightning have the advantage in that, really in just about every series. I think that's true in this upcoming series as well. The question becomes, in your opinion, how big of an advantage is it going to be against Carolina? Uh, huge for the reasons I just kind of mentioned there, you know, and, and we can delve deeper into it. If you look at his numbers overall in the first round, they weren't Vassy numbers. You know, his goals against save percentage probably weren't as, as good as he would have liked because this series was such a high-scoring affair and it made for entertaining hockey. And he, you know, he'll be the first to tell you he had probably an off off night in game number three uh but he he bounced back and that's the thing he is what nine and oh now after a loss in the playoffs in the last few years and that just shows you what type of mental preparation he has and the bar that he sets for himself both physically and mentally to uh, to shut things down and and we say it time and time again it is not the highlight reel saves that uh, that, that always are the story with him it's the little saves the key moments the re- Directs in front. The, uh, the the post-to-post kick saves that he makes. The, the reading of the play. His ability to track pucks through through crowds in front of him. All that. All those little things add up to one dominant package between the pipes. He is technically sound. You really have to, to make a perfect shot to beat him on most nights, and you have to get him to try to move. But even then, he's such a good uh, technical goalie on his feet. His legs are so quick that even that becomes a major challenge. And, and there's nobody in the National Hockey League that can match that right now. Uh, there's goalies that get hot at this time of year, but night in, night out, year in, year out. The last four years, he's got the most regular season wins by a lot. He's got the most playoff wins by a lot, and that's not by accident. Uh, this guy sets uh, a very, very high bar for himself, and you don't have to worry about him losing a series because of your goaltending. Whereas, you know, the deeper we go in here, with Carolina and Alex Nedeljkovic, he's been a great story. And but there was talk that he may be replaced uh, after they lost two games. There was talk that yeah, maybe they'll go back to Peter Morazic. Well, there's no such talk here with Tampa Bay. And and the pressure mounts on a guy like Nedeljkovic, a guy who who was on waivers to start this season and was their third string goalie. And and again, all the credit to him for what he has done, and he's won around, and, and good for him. But, you know, we'll see how he fares going forward because the Lightning offensively have found their mojo. Their power play is is lethal with the re-addition of Kucherov and Stamkos and Hedman, who I think was 
had his best game in a long time in uh, in game number six. So it's uh, you know as we go deeper here, the, the challenges get higher for each and every player. So so the goaltending to me, it's just it's just such an advantage in every series they go into with Andre Vasilevsky. How important was the return of Barkley Goodrow for the Lightning in Game Six and moving forward in the playoffs? Well, uh, you guys watched every minute of every game last year, the postseason, and, and uh, you know the, the value of that line. And, and let's give a little bit of props to Ross Colton, who who excelled when he stepped up onto that Yanni Gord line along with Blake Coleman, scored a couple of goals, and I think he actually had a little bit more pace. He adds pace to any line he goes on to because he's such a good skater, and he's not afraid to go to the net, and he's got a hot high hockey IQ and knows where to be and, and, and how to forecheck and, and all that good stuff. So let's give him a little credit. But the line is with Barkley Goodrow. So how, how key was it? it? It was interesting, you know, how <laughs> in, in the line rushes, I'm sure you guys noticed this too, when we saw Barkley Goodrow out there four game six against Florida, he was actually taking line rushes with Pat Maroon and, and, uh, and Tyler Johnson just to further, you know, uh, camouflage what, what we all knew was probably going to happen and sure enough he was right back onto that line uh, I think it was hugely important because it evens things out it makes the fourth line more effective because you get Colton back down there and and who scored the first goal the fourth line so you know it, it, it gives Tyler Johnson a little life it gives more pace to that line as well so it's not just the re-addition of Goodrow on his line it's that that old thing where everything slots back to where this team has had the most success and uh you know, right now, Matthew Joseph, uh, unfortunately for him, he's the odd man out. Uh, but you never know going forward. But but right now, that fourth line is, is better with Ross Colton on it. Let's stay with that fourth line in for just one moment here, Dave. We're here with Dave Randorf on Power Lunch on Lightning Power Play. Tyler Johnson had his best game in a while in Game 6 against the Panthers. He's had some really good games against the Canes throughout his career. Would you be surprised, Dave, if Johnson makes an impact in this series coming up? No, I wouldn't. I mean, this is this is a guy who has had a long history with the Lightning, has had a longer history with John Cooper, and the majority of his career, Lightning fans have are, became accustomed to him seeing him produce more offensively than he does now. But that's just simply where he is in his career. So I think maybe he gets judged unfairly when he goes through long droughts uh, where he isn't uh, – you know, scoring you know, on every third or fourth game and, and getting assists. He isn't getting the points that he once did because he's playing a, an entirely different role with different guys and he's not as prominent in the lineup as he once was. And that's just a fact of life when you get older in the National Hockey League. He's been a clutch guy and he's been a good guy by all accounts, certainly from my standpoint, observing his team from afar. And now, uh, you know, being here uh, in the market, he's been, a, he's been a great member of the Tampa Bay Lightning and the community and he been a long-serving uh, a clutch performer as well in playoffs in years past. But he's just playing a different role right now. So when he does get involved, it's very noticeable. When he did, when things do fall into place, and that fourth line is able to get some minutes because keep in mind, that line doesn't get out there when they're killing penalties all the time. So if a team is full of penalties, then you see even less of him. And, and you know, fans sometimes may just look at the score sheet and go, oh, no, Johnson didn't do anything again tonight. And that's not necessarily the case. So you just have to really evaluated, I believe, from a standpoint of what, where, what he's being asked to do and where he's playing in the lineup and who he's playing with. So going back to my other point that 
I think Colton and his skating ability elevates the pace of that line right off the bat. I think that helps him, and I think that uh, that, that makes that line more effective, uh, you know, as, from a forechecking standpoint or from an, an ability to keep the puck in the other end standpoint. So I don't think that there's any doubt that, that he's capable, and I would not be surprised to see him have an impact. Is he going to have coach-like numbers? Is he going to have this wacky uh, run of four or five goals in the series? That, that would surprise me. Um, but that's not what he's being asked to do. But can he have an impact? Can he chip one in here? Maybe two? Sure he can, and I wouldn't be surprised at all. Last one for me, Dave, of course, uh, in the second round, the, the regional broadcasts give way to the national broadcast. Do you have an idea at this point? Can you share with the fans what Bally Sports' outlook is in terms of their coverage moving forward into round two? Um, yeah, there will be some uh, post-game coverage on Bally Sports to uh, to wrap up the game and do these Zoom interviews and, and break it down with your uh, regular cast of characters on there to uh, to give you their analysis and Dave Anderchuk and, and Adam Hall and, of course, my partner, my broadcast partner, Brian Engblom, and Bobby the Chief Taylor. So there will be uh, extensive uh, post-game coverage coming up, but we are restricted, so we can't be on uh, pre-game. Uh, that is uh, it's the way the, the rights work. You just uh, you, you can't go on until after the game. So that's what uh, that's what happens. But uh, yeah, this is my first time around. You know, in this situation where you're done calling games after the first uh, first round, and it's it's uh, it's a bummer. But that's that's the way it is. And and, uh, and I'm just going to enjoy uh, watching these games and, uh, and and listening to you guys and and watching them live as well. So uh, we we move forward. But there will be some post game coverage coming up on Valley Sports. What about oh, the wraparound, too? Yeah. Is that continuing? Ah, the, glad you asked. Yes, the wraparound is continuing. As uh, as we speak, I am uh, driving into Emily Arena to uh, to, to uh, tape uh, uh, the Game 1 wraparound. So that will be available also. Thanks for bringing this up. I'm taping it with Brian Englom right now, or today, and uh, that will be available on the Lightning website, and I believe it runs on Valley Sports as well. So uh, that's a kind of a rapid-fire little setup for each and every game. So, And we might, you never know, we might, they might expand it to a little post-game uh, situation too, but I'm not quite sure about that. But uh, uh, they certainly will have the wraparound. Well, that's good. And, of course, throughout the radio broadcast, you're going to be around, Dave, so we'd love to have you come on and maybe during the intermissions have uh, some analysis as we're watching this series unfold. So we'll we'll get you involved there too if, if uh, you're up for it, man. Appreciate it. I uh, would I would love to, and uh, Dave, have a great playoff run going forward. I'll be listening to you and Phil, and and enjoy every bit of it, pal. Thank you, my Thank friends. Thank you, Dave. We'll see you soon. Appreciate it, Dave Randorf joining us here on the program. We always appreciate his analysis, and that does kind of stink for the local TV guys, Dave. They kind of get phased out once the the playoffs right move forward but then we talked about we talked about when the news came out about espn and tnt uh, like what's going to happen even in the first round next year Uh, i'm not sure that we know that yet yeah i don't if the regionals are still going to have access to do the first round hopefully that's still the case i believe everything stays the same with that but okay i don't know that 100 percent. let's call gary bettman maybe steve we'll get him (laughs) on maybe the next segment and we'll uh, we'll work on that but uh always good to have dave on i want to get into this series a little bit more, and if you're just joining us, it is Tampa Bay and Carolina. Series most likely starting on Sunday. Don't know the time yet, but once we get that, we will let you know. But we'll get into the series a bit more. What are your thoughts initially, everybody, about Carolina and 
the problems they pose and what advantages do you think Tampa Bay has in this series? We'll break that all down a little bit more in our next segment. He's Dave Michigan. I am Greg Linnelli. It's Power Lunch on Letting Power Play. This is Power Lunch, exclusively on Lightning Power Play on the iHeartRadio app. Tell you what, if they gave an award to best NHL team's Twitter handle, it may be Carolina's, Dave. They have gotten a lot of publicity over the last couple of years. (laughs) And that might be fun, watching that unfold a a little bit this series against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Get your questions in at Bolts Radio. I am Greg Linnelli, along with Dave Michigan. Al says, Lightning went 4-3-1 against Carolina without the wild card, number 86. That is true. All right, so we kind of went over this with Florida. There's only so much you can take from a regular season series when you get into a playoff series, forgetting for the fact that forgetting the fact that the Lightning's lineup looks a lot different than it did during the regular season against Carolina, notably Kucherov, but I believe the last couple of games they didn't have Stamkos either. But what we saw in the regular season, we saw Carolina have a couple of games where they really dictated play against the Lightning. But we also saw, at least in my opinion, two of the very best games the Lightning played over the entirety of the 56 games against Carolina. They had a 3 nothing win at home kind of in the early part of the season. And then the game that they won where Yanni Gord scored in overtime. That might have been their best overall game down the stretch run in the regular season based on the quality of the opposition. So we've seen a mixed bag. Like we've seen both teams play really well at points during the regular season. And it's kind of taken that right to, to beat the other side in many instances. There was one game Carolina caught the lightning at the end of a long stretch of, of a lot of travel and a lot of games. That was the one game where Vasilevsky was kind of left out on an island. That was the game I was talking about where Carolina scored a couple of power play goals, right? Yeah. Natchez. And and they, they ended up winning the game, what was it, four to three, I think, in in regulation, but they, they scored late in regulation. But that was a game where the lightning allowed more than forty shots. But that one was was due in part. I will chalk that up at least in part to the way the schedule unfold. And as John Cooper said, in a playoff series, all that goes out the window because the teams are on the same schedule. You brought up something interesting before we broke for Dave Randorf, Greg, and that is like four straight overtime games involving the Hurricanes. Would that have an effect going into round two? I guess it's possible, but I kind of feel that like lots of overtime games, unless you're talking about a five overtime game, <laughs> And that happened in game one for the Lightning and Blue Jackets. So both teams had to deal with that moving forward in the series. But if we're just talking like an overtime or a double overtime, and the Hurricanes had two double overtime games in that series against Nashville. But the other two games ended fairly early in overtime, first overtime. Mm -hmm. I think that that is probably going to have more of an impact later in a playoff run. We're still pretty early in the game here second round series now if the series goes seven and this series has some overtime games is it possible i guess it's possible but the hurricanes are getting some rest here you know they're getting if if we're in agreement that game one is sunday you know they're getting a couple of days to to rest and regroup so i'm not i'm not willing to say that it's definitely not going to have an impact but i am skeptical 
at least heading into the series, or not expecting that their four straight overtime games is going to have any kind of bearing on on their energy level. And I wonder, too, sometimes that first game after a, a previous series, there's a little bit of a feeling out process. I wonder if that gets thrown out the window, too, because of how familiar the teams are yeah. with each other and during the regular season. And if you can get right into the animosity that you typically develop or the hatred that may be a strong word for the other team right off the bat in this game. In addition to both teams, Dave, are increasing attendance yeah. at their places. So The Game 5 crowd in Raleigh was was crazy loud. It I was. watched it on t- television, and you could tell watching it on television how enthusiastic the crowd was. That's going to be Carolina. Fun. Carolina had a tough series. I mean, forgetting the overtimes for a second. Yeah. Now, look, they could have swept. I mean, <laughs> they won games three and four, both well, went they in took overtime. On the they were the shot league. away. But they were also a couple of shots away from losing the series because yeah. they won games five and six in overtime. But they were down in the third period of I both know. those games with under 10 minutes left. Were they going to build a statue of Soros if they would have won? <laughs> and would he have received MVP votes from Luke Fox? Maybe. <laughs> he played really he well was good. in the series. He was good. I mean, that goes to show you, though. I mean, they, you, get, you get a hot goaltender, even a guy like Soros who has some NHL experience, but... I don't know if you would call him woefully successful in the NHL, but that might have been his coming out party. He gave his team an opportunity to win and pull off he an did. upset. And he I did. think that's all you want. Look, Nate just scored a great goal yeah. against him in game five on a wraparound because at that point it looked like the Hurricanes were a little flat. Like they yep. had had a lot of activity earlier in the game, but it was, it was what, 3-2 going into the third. And, and Nashville was actually kind of locking things down. The Hurricanes didn't have much going, and then Nate just, just makes a great play. And and they made the point on the telecast, not that Pecorino was going to be starting out of yeah. Soros, but Rene is a bigger goalie, and maybe with a bigger goalie in that, he would have been able to get post-to-post to stop the wraparound from Natchez. That's a little beyond my comfort level to, to talk about because Soros played really, really well in sure. that. That was a huge goal by Natchez. Then you mentioned the Hamilton goal, which came with, what, six minutes left or something yeah. like that to tie up the game last night. I did note on both the tying goal that Hamilton scored and the winning goal in overtime, both off of offensive zone faceoff wins by Sebastian Ajo. So I was curious, because Carolina was a really good faceoff team during the regular season, and I remember seeing the stat in Game 5. They dominated, dominated the faceoff circle in Game 5. So I'm like, huh, I wonder if they dominated last night. Nashville actually had a good night in the dot. They won... The majority of the faceoffs, but two key ones. One was after an icing, the Hamilton goal. So the Predators had their fourth line out there, and Brindamore threw out the Ajo line. And look, it's not just because the fourth line was out there, but they lost the faceoff, and one of their younger players, it might have been Tanner Janot or maybe Trennan, lost Hamilton. They didn't pick him up, and he went right to the front of the net and had a had a tap yeah. in off the feed, but that was off a lost face-off following an icing by Nashville, and then in overtime, Ajo won another draw, and it's a simple play. Get it to the point, shoot it to the net, and Ajo tipped it in. So that's where face-offs can, can tip the balance in a game. I mean, face-offs are so important, and that is going to be a challenge for the Lightning, who were meza-meza on draws during the regular season to try and do better 
in this particular series against a really good face-off opponent. I don't know that Ajo is, is necessarily one of their best, but he won two key ones last night. Jordan Stahl is, though. Jordan Stahl is among the league leaders in face-offs. And if, if, if I'm guessing correctly, I think when the Hurricanes are at home, we're going to see Stahl's line out against Point's line. Yep. Which means that Point, who's had a good playoff on faceoffs, something we talked about right earlier in the year, he was over 60% for much of the series. I think he had a little bit of a tough game six, so I'm not sure where he's at after the series as a whole. But he was definitely over 50%. He's going to have a challenge if he sees a lot of Jordan Stahl. Well, Jordan draws. Stahl, you know, is was the perfect third-line center. Now, I don't know what his role is. might be a little bit more with Carolina. He's never been the elite goal scorer that maybe he first was pegged to be. You know, his first year in the league, he scored 29 goals. I don't think he came close to that since. But he is a guy that provides... You win championships with players like Jordan Stahl. 6'4", yeah. can skate, can win faceoffs, and is just tough defensively. And that will be a challenge if that is so the So Stahl... Currently, Stahl is third in the league in the playoffs on faceoffs percentage wise, sixty point five percent. Point is sixth. Yeah. So point did drop down, actually tied for fifth with Bergeron. He's listed sixth, but he and Bergeron are tied. Fifty eight point five percent. And he only dropped under sixty because he had an under fifty percent game in game six. That will be interesting if if they see a lot of each other. You would think. When the Lightning are the home team, they may go for a different matchup when they yeah. have a chance. And if we're talking about face-offs, then that will be, unless it's after an icing or something like that, or power play where Point might take the draw, although Jordan Stahl will probably be taking a fair number of shorthanded face-offs. So those I'm looking, he's only taken 11 shorthanded face-offs. So they must have another guy who's typically starting shorthanded for, for Carolina. But... When the Hurricanes have last change, that means after a whistle, they get to send out their unit second. And if they want stall against point, that means those two will be taking a lot of faceoffs against each other. That'll be a fun matchup to watch. You know, speed against strength and, and yeah. muscle, and we'll see how that plays out. Lastly, Bob says this should be a good series matchup. Both teams, same style, can bring a rough game, but in my opinion, won't be anything like the Cats series. Can see this going six or seven, pretty even across the board, except in goal, which is a big trump card for Bolts. What do you guys think? Well, why does he think it's not like the Cat series? Was there an, an expansion on that? There was not. Okay. There was not. Well, I think it could be similar to the Florida series in that we're going to see a lot of fast-paced action. Yes, a lot of skating. And, and pressure and duress on the defending team. And if there's not pressure... And duress in the defending team, that means one of two things. Either the defending team is playing lights out defensively or one team is dominating. And yep. I mean dominating puck possession. And the other team can just get nothing going. Dougie Hamilton's going to be interesting, not only offensively, which I pointed out at the beginning, but he can also be a guy that it looks like he's handling a grenade back there. You pressure him, like all defensemen, I mean, we've seen it with Lightning, can get a little erratic. Nobody ever, nobody ever confused Dougie Hamilton, Dave, of being a shutdown defenseman. That's not his strength, but he's going to be on the ice a lot. That's going to be an interesting scenario. I think every time he gets the puck, yeah. you've got to hit him. 
Well, it's interesting because during the regular season, we saw a lot of Hamilton and Slavin as a pair and Pesci and Brady Shea. Slavin, I think, is their best overall defenseman, if not their best defensive defenseman. So maybe, I mean, it seems to work, right? The offensive guy with with the defensive guy. Not that Slavin isn't capable of producing offense. He had two assists. He had the setup for Hamilton. He did. On on the tying goal, and then he took the shot that Ajo tipped in in overtime. But I wonder if they're going to want Hamilton out against points line, or if that'll be Shea and Pesci. Yeah, if that's the pairing that they go with, who are really good defensemen, also. Like you talked about, how the Hurricanes stack up in terms of their lineup, and you are correct. What I will say, and I've said this before. And I'm going to stand by it until we start watching the series and until I see otherwise. I believe the Lightning had more success during the regular season, the regular season, when they had the puck to create chances against Carolina than they did against Florida. Now, that changed in the Florida series because Florida did not defend well up until the end of the series. Mm -hmm. The problem when you face Carolina is getting the puck forcing them to play in their own end is hard to do because they're so good with the puck. But when the Lightning were able to possess the puck in the offensive zone or or attack off the rush, they had some openings against Carolina's team defense. And it wasn't that, boy, Nedeljkovic, what have we got with him or Morozik or James Reimer? It was more that... And Alec Campbell mentioned this when we had him out at the start of the year. Like He feels that Carolina, at least in years past, left their goalies hung out to dry too much. And I'm not certain that the Hurricanes played such structured defensive hockey when the other team was applying pressure during the regular season. But the playoffs are a different ballgame. And we'll we'll see how the series goes in terms of like, how many chances are both teams able to generate? That's kind of where I'm going with this. If you have the puck, are you able to generate lots of chances? And through the first four games, for the most part of the Florida series, the answer was yes for both teams. In the last two games, the answer was not so much for both teams. So what will we see in this Carolina series? Lastly, Connor says, I'm going to make a bold prediction about the Bolts and Canes. I see this series being really close, but not going many games. I see Carolina in five, but I also see Tampa Bay in five. Those five games are going to be close, but the same team pulls through every time. Well, that is a bold prediction. Yeah. That would be interesting. We'll see how well, it Well, these games that are close, I mean, can literally go either way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they really can. They can. They can. It comes down to a, you know, a shot or a save or you know, a particular chance. We had a goalie interference call. Which was the goal? Oh, the Vegas-Minnesota. Did you watch that? No. Talk about a big play. So Minnesota scored in the third period to go up one nothing. Vegas thought they had tied it. The goal was ruled no goal on the ice, goalie interference. Vegas challenged, lost the challenge, then gave up a goal on the ensuing penalty kill mm. for 2 nothing. And I watched the replay. I'm like, ugh. Nothing. I don't know. I mean, I'm not yeah. an official, clearly. Usually for the goalie interference, maybe because they ruled it no goal initially, but the the Vegas player was in the blue paint, but there really wasn't much happening there. Yeah. Um, and there was a Minnesota defender 
who was, you know, like they were all kind of jostling. And I looked at it, and I didn't really see much contact on the goalie. Now, maybe because it was in the blue paint mm-hmm. where the goalie gets gets more, more of the benefit of the doubt. But it was ruled both on the ice no goal and then upheld on review. But that's, like, what a big play that was. Like, that game swung on that one play. And we see a lot of that in the playoffs. Yeah. Appreciate everybody that chimed in. We'll be with you on Sunday. Don't know the time yet, but, of course, that should be announced, I would think, later today. So look for that. We'll have something out on our Twitter show page, at Bolts Radio. Thanks to all involved this week. It's been a lot of fun. Tampa Bay advances to the next round. They'll take on Carolina. And all the action you can listen to right here on these airwaves. Dave, great job as always, bud. We'll talk to you on Sunday. Yeah, talk to you on Sunday. You got it. Enjoy that Saturday with uh, family and friends. Thanks to Steve Ersnick as well. Thanks to all our guests. Dave Randorf today. I am Greg Linelli. We'll be with you on Sunday on Lightning Power Play.